And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Can we just talk? Can we just talk about Hello, everyone, and welcome to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Uh, we're going to get started right away, but I just want to mention next week's show, The Grape Escape Oliver and Asoyos will be out there, and it kicks off an amazing run of British Columbia wine discussion right through the summer. Uh, and both Casey and I can't wait to get back on the road. Now today, Casey, uh, we're going to start with David Hawksworth. Uh, the restaurant is opening, uh, you know, reopening to sort of post-COVID the levels. And it's the uh, 10th so, anniversary, Tony. Yeah. Can you believe it's already been 10 years? Uh, it's just amazing how quick all that goes. Uh, but So we'll be excited to catch up with David. Uh, following that, uh, Sandra Oldfield is going to join us today, Casey, and she's going to be uh, talking about several new projects that she's involved with uh, in the Okanagan including one that we can't wait to get down to see. Yes, the District Wine Village in Oliver. Yeah, well, that's kind of a co-op for wineries and distilleries and uh, beer making, so that's going to be fun. And then Sebastian uh, Legoff joins us from uh, Cactus Club. I know uh, uh, Stu Ferguson, who works with us, has raved about their takeout, Casey. We're going to talk a bit about what what it uh, what it means to have the right kind of food for takeout is that is that the way I should say it yes best takeout dishes finally Warren Porter joins us from Iron Gate Auctions in Toronto we're going to talk about wine auctions all that and more coming up next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network there's more to come this is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. In days of yore, thirsty travelers carried their wine in traditional Spanish wineskins known as bodas. And from that ancient tradition comes a 21st century inspiration. Introducing Boda, highly approachable, fruit-forward wines in 100% recyclable containers. With Boda Box, there's no light, no air. Boda Box keeps the elements out and the wine fresh for up to 30 days after opening. For convenience, you can take anywhere, anytime, even at home. Boda Box, this is how we Boda. Find out more at BodaBox.com. The modest butcher kitchen and market at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery in West Kelowna is ready for spring dining. Now featuring extended hours from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. seven days a week. Reservations are now being accepted. All COVID safety protocols are in place for your comfort and safety as well as that of their staff. For those who would like to enjoy the modest butcher in the comfort of your own home, Modest Joe's Takeout is also available. For further information, visit modestbutcher.com. Taste the flavors of the season at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Their heated patio is open with more space for you to dine safely. So come enjoy a menu showcasing ingredients from their on-site culinary garden. Pair your meal with a new release Summerhill wine for an extraordinary organic experience. The flavors of the season are in abundance at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Online, summerhill.bc.ca. 
Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, our next guest, uh, it's the first time he's on the show. I couldn't be happier to have someone on the show to talk about wine auctions now that they are a reality in Canada. Warren Porter's the president of Iron Gate Auctions. He's already had a successful auction in BC. Warren, welcome to the show. Thanks, Anthony. I appreciate it very much. Uh, it's so great to have you. I often... Uh, just let people know why we need auctions because I think over my lifetime I've been presented with many people who you know have some wine and want to sell it uh, have some people who didn't get along with their spouse and want to sell his seller or her seller and uh, and obviously people who passed away also need a, a way to get rid of sellers is, is that sort of what you're seeing now yeah it's every one of those things that you just mentioned and a couple of more Anthony in fact uh, besides those which are very, very common, you also have people whose palates have changed, right? So maybe at the beginning of their collecting career, they, they, they bought a lot of California. I'm just using that as an example. And now they yeah. only drink Burgundy. And right. so they wind up, you know, it's kind of pulling out the stuff that they know they're not going to drink. And the seller hates a vacuum, so they use those uh, to share those profits to fill up in, in Burgundy, using that example. Uh, or... You know, they've gotten older and they're downsizing, maybe their home. And, uh, you know, in yeah, some you... cases, they, you know, they're, they're 80 years old and see they've got 5,000 bottles and they're pretty good at math. And, <laughs> you know, realize there's yeah. something we got to do. So, and yeah, we'll, it's all those things. We know quite a few of those, so you should be pretty busy over the next few years in Vancouver, Warren. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to it, yes. Are, are people, I mean, obviously auctions have been gone on for forever in North America for, you know, regular goods, but for alcohol in Canada, it hasn't, you know, it's not something that's that's uh, happened very often. Uh, do people know what to do or how to do it? Or Well, I think so. I mean, you know, the, the, the technology on an auction platform now has made everything so simple that it's pretty hard to go wrong. But on top of that, we've... You know, added videos and and a number of other things, and sometimes people will just follow along on their first auction without purchasing anything or bidding, and then right. they'll get a feel for it. And in subsequent auctions, they will. But to your point, Anthony, um, you know, people's wine is still and spirits are still an asset class that can range from the thousands to millions of dollars. And so what's been happened, you know, heretofore is that it's almost some, a lot of it's been forced into a gray market and nobody wants to do that if they don't have to. And so what we've done by opening this auction in Alberta is to allow them the opportunity to legally and legitimately sell their collection um, Mm -hmm. for the, you know, for, for the money that they've spent on it over the years. And I mean, you know, and, and hopefully more. Uh, as it's increased in value, and do it properly. Um, and, you know, we looked we looked all over the country, and, my God, Alberta was just the place to go. They, that's, a, that's a province that's open for business. It was just terrific. And just to be clear, so the wine, you know, you buy the wine on auction. It's in Alberta. How, does, how do you get the wine to people that are, you know, across the country or even outside of the country, I guess? Yeah, we've got a specialized shipping company that we deal with, and they call you and email you immediately following the auction. 
um, uh, legally you cause it to be shipped to wherever you are. So you give them the instruction, uh, they take care of it all and send it directly to you. In the major cities, Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto, Calgary, uh, we pay for that shipping, so it's free for you. And 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 what it's what we call multi-day refrigerated. So uh, so they're all aggregated onto skids. They go to a central location, and that shipping company has local uh, uh, people pick it up and literally take it right to your door. Mm. Our guest is uh, Warren Porter. He's the president of Iron Gate Auctions. You can actually check out the website at irongateauctions.com for upcoming events. Warren, let's talk about auctions. A lot of people aren't that familiar with them out here with wine. So what are some of the auction do's and don'ts? Well, I think certainly the the do's are always know what you're buying, right? I mean, do your research. And, and, you know, I I don't know how people found prices for for wines before the Internet was around, uh, but... But today it's fairly easy to find the values for some of those wines, and and we put that the the estimated range for their for for their ease uh, onto every lot. So number one is do your research. Um, don't get caught up necessarily in bidding. Right, go in with a budget uh, and know what you want to spend in total, and know what you're willing to spend on each of the lots. And then what we've added, Casey, into the site itself are a watch list so that you can keep an eye on certain lots without bidding on them. And then you can also see my bids. And so you'll see all the ones that you've bid on. And and then if you've been outbid, you'll get notifications by email and by text and all that. So so generally have discipline, right? Like any auction. Don't be the mm-hmm. guy at the back of the room jumping up and down necessarily <laughs> buying everything. It's great for the auction house, great for the seller, but I want long-term customers. And that means getting things at a, at a, at a reasonable price as well. Like okay. some yeah. somebody um, who needs that, to win is not going to have a good time at an auction. Well, yeah, not necessarily. I mean, listen, we'll see some things where people will bid them quite high just because they really want that wine. So, um, you know, you may have seen that Anthony wrote about a, a bottle of 1992 Screaming Eagle that we sold at the last auction for over $17,000. That's the inaugural vintage of Screaming Eagle. Someone really wanted that. And the person actually who didn't win it was upset that they weren't able to get it. So it could have gone even higher. Wow. There are wines that are extremely rare. There are wines that are your birth year or your anniversary year. And so sometimes those can push a little higher because people really want that within a period of time. But look, you know, there's lots of wines. If you don't get it at this one, it's going to come through at some point in the future unless it's something crazy rare. So be patient. Is the is the auction all online? Do you are you plan to have a live auction too, or keep, can people phone in, or what are some of the ways that that it works, or is it just all online? Well, it's interesting you say that, Anthony, because we've developed we've got the technology that not in our next auction in September, but in our auction in November, the goal is to do a live simulcast event from coast to coast. So it works like this: for one week up to the auction, there will be bidding online, right? Which kind of sets the base price of what the wine will be. Then from one city, we'll have a live auctioneer who will be uh, completing all of the lots throughout the course of the day. And Mm -hmm. at Boulevard in Vancouver, at uh, the Vintage Conservatory in Toronto, at Parlois in Montreal, uh, our guests will be able to come in and out through the day, have great food and wine, uh, and bid uh, right from their seats. And so we get a live element incorporated in it, which is a lot of fun. 
and builds a lot of community. I mean, you know, look, the Vancouver wine community, a lot of folks know each other. So it's nice to get together with them. And Boulevard's mm-hmm. definitely the place that we want to do that. We've done a number of events there. And Boulevard is at Sutton Place. Right. At Sutton Place, yes. Yeah. Yeah, great I- spot. I just cannot believe that this has happened. It's so fantastic because, uh, as we said earlier, there's so many people who have wines who who want to either move them, uh, and uh, I know that I'm one of them. Uh, I was a Bordeaux guy, and and I probably drink less Bordeaux now, and I have a lot of Bordeaux, but I'd rather try other things at this stage in my life. So, uh, Burgundy now. Yeah, Burgundy. Barolo, perhaps, uh, also interesting. But it's uh, it's fun for for people now, and I think that the the reverse is for young people. And I've already been talking to some about this: is that they can now, uh, I, you know, they can actually go out and and build or start a collection. One because they can buy older wines quickly, which wasn't a possibility, you know, even a year ago. And and two, they know that they're going to have an outlet to get rid of the wine if they if they want to, or just some people just want to buy and trade and move move their wine around through their whole life. So I think it's great. And where do most yeah, of no, the wine, what countries do most of the wines come from that end up in the auction? Well, yeah, like anything, I mean, most of the, the, you know, in our retail shop in New York, I think we move 70% uh, French, right? So it's Bordeaux and Burgundy. The wines that are selling particularly high right now uh, are Americans, California cults, um, and just regular California wines, your, your basic Camuses and, you know, the, the brands that you recognize. And uh, so those have been doing very well. Second, third, fourth growth Bordeaux. Uh, the ones that uh, that are a little more light and don't move quite as well are more obscure Germans, uh, Alsatians, and and um, you yeah. know uh, South Africans, things like that. But but you're right, but- uh, Anthony. And in the the thing that's also particularly good with young people is you can you can buy and and understand what an aged wine tastes like, so that you can begin to build your cellar. With right. young wines that will fit that profile, right? So yeah, now exactly. you know what an aged Bordeaux is like. So now you're going to start to buy some of the, you know, 2010s or 2015s, great vintages that uh, that you can get your hands on. And for the local stores um, uh, anywhere in Canada, they're selling young wine, yeah. and we don't. So we don't compete with them in any way. No, they, hey. you know, they will. That's where people will get their young stuff, and they'll get the older stuff from us typically. Yeah, if I want to get some wine in an auction, what what should I do? Like when I come to you, what are the questions you're going to ask me? Because there's always this thing about providence. So what what should people know before they they decide that they want to sell some wine? Well, I I would like to know what the inventory is. Um, um, but to your point, provenance is the most important thing. So I want to know how it's been held. Um, I get every day a few bottles that were given to me from a long time ago that are underneath my steps, and we walk. We yeah. well, we don't walk. We run away from those. And um, <laughs> but but the. But typically it is, show me your inventory. Um, during COVID, we've been looking at photographs of people's cellars so that I can mm-hmm. see the cooling systems. Um, and, and in other days, we'll send someone in and we'll look at the cellar. We'll talk with the person, understand how they acquired it, um, and, and just get a, a, a very good feel. Like There's an element of risk, certainly, to any wine, um, but we try to mitigate that as much as possible because our, you know, our goal is to make sure that when someone opens that special bottle that they purchased, they're extremely happy with it. Yeah. So anything we can do that, to help that happen. 
Warren, uh, so great to hear from you and catch up about Iron Gate Auctions. And for our listeners, irongateauctions.com is where you can go to follow uh, the next auction online. You don't have to do anything but follow it at first to get an understanding and then to get your feet wet. Uh, you get in touch with them, and away you go. You'll be auctioning wine off the rest of your life. It's it's a whole lot of fun. Thanks for joining us, well, Warren. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for your support, yeah. Anthony. Vancouver's been yeah. going like crazy, and I know it's because of you guys, and we appreciate it. Uh, no problem at all. We're happy to do it. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Take care. Okay, Warren Porter, President, Iron Gate Auctions. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Coming up next, Sandra Ofield joins us from Elysian Projects in the Okanagan Valley. There's more to come. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. If you're a wine lover and you're ready for something new, try a little long-distance therapy. It's the wine club four out of four wine lovers would probably agree on. With 15% off therapy wine, discounted shipping, 20% off regular seasonal rates at the Inn at Therapy Vineyards, access to exclusive library wines, and more. Click therapyvineyards.com and choose your tier and frequency of delivery and sit back and wait as some of the Okanagan's finest is delivered direct to your door. Sign up today at therapyvineyards.com. The upper bench of BC's Similkameen Valley, a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. Here, nestled in a sun-laden stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos de Soleil Winery. Clos de Soleil blends age-old Bordeaux varieties and a unique Similkameen minerality for wines that are elegant, age-worthy, distinctively terroir-driven. Visit them by appointment or purchase their wines online at clodesoleil.ca with free shipping offered to all BC and Alberta customers on orders of six bottles or more. It's a new normal. My husband and I want to get away. Need something to look forward to. So we decided to book a weekend away at a European wellness resort right here in BC. Plan an escape without leaving the province at Sparkling Hill Resort. Overlooking the beautiful Okanagan Valley. Relax and focus on your health and wellness at this luxury resort. Check out the immersive wellness packages available and learn more about this undiscovered gem today at sparklinghill.com. In days of yore, thirsty travelers carry their wine in traditional Spanish wineskins known as bodas. And from that ancient tradition comes a 21st century inspiration. Introducing Boda, highly approachable, fruit-forward wines in 100% recyclable containers. With Boda Box, there's no light, no air. Boda Box keeps the elements out and the wine fresh for up to 30 days after opening for convenience you can take anywhere, anytime, even at home. Boda Box, this is how we Boda. Find out more at BodaBox.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome, British Columbia. Just when you thought we were everywhere in BC, we've added two new radio markets. Uh, hello, and welcome to Fort Nelson and Fort St. John today from the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. We're now heard in 20 British Columbia radio markets weekly. And we're excited, including each Saturday, we are on Bounce Radio in Oliver Soyuz, and that's where our next guest joins us from, Sandra Ofield. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Good to hear from you guys again. Sandra, yeah. happy birthday. I know we're a day late, but um, your birthday that's was okay. yesterday, and I hope you had a great day. 
It was good. We uh, we went out to a restaurant and sat six people at a table and uh, drank mixed drinks. So it was all good. <laughs> wow, that that's a pretty big celebration for twenty nine. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, we thought we could. I would have been drinking a lot more. I can guarantee you that. So. Yeah, I know what you mean. We thought we'd catch up with you today. With uh, it looks like uh, we're going to have the travel ban lifted later this week. Uh, in fact, it will be lifted, I think, by the time people listen to the show. But uh, we wanted to talk about uh, maybe some new places that folks don't know about, new wineries, new changes uh, in the South Okanagan where you're based. Uh, so why don't we start with that? Uh, what can you tell us about new wineries? Well, we've got, like, you know, the new district wine village is supposed to be opening up pretty soon. They're going pretty pretty heavy right now on finishing up uh, the buildings. And, you know, it'll be open in time for summer, which will be great because it'll be, we- you know, a bunch of wineries and there'll be, you know, a brewery or two in there. And you can have food and sit out in the sun. And, yeah, it's it's a pretty neat um, little village that they've built. And that is exactly where? So if you're coming into Oliver, well, I guess let's say if you know what McIntyre Bluff is after you leave OK Falls and you're heading sure. south, as soon as you come into Oliver, you see the Jackson Triggs or the Artera Wine building on the left. You've just gone one driveway too far. So right. it's pretty well right next to that, yeah. From my house right now, I can see both of them. So, is yeah. it? And it's it's a. I mean, it's not a commune, uh, but it's it, it's or a co-op, but it's it, they're sharing some stuff, are they not? My understanding is that they're sharing uh, equipment um, for sure, um, and I'd assume you know they'll be sharing um, tasting room and and you know systems and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not just wineries, even though it's called the Wine Village. There's, there's right. going to be breweries there as well. Sandra I'm not from. Sure if they've gotten a distiller yet, but I had heard they were, you know, maybe they'll have a distillery as well. Mm-hmm. There's a very shiny winery, new winery that I'm sure you can see for your place on from your place on top of the mountain. What is the name of that gorgeous? Uh, I I can't see it, but I know which one you're talking about. That's Rainmaker, and um, they've just recently opened and. They're over on the Black Sage bench, um, a little bit north of, uh, of Phantom Creek and a little bit south of um, Bartier, rather. And there, it's just, the, for me, like, the most spectacular building I've seen in B.C. in a long time. Like, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say it looks a bit out of place, but not really. It's just so spectacular rising out of the vineyards on that bench that, yeah, I, I, it really caught me off guard uh, this winter when I turned the corner, and there it was. And, yeah, it's very impressive. Rainmaker. So, yeah, Rainmaker. So that's, um, Why would they name you know, it after related... me? <laughs> yeah, you're the Rainmaker, I know. Why would they do that? Um, yeah. yeah, but they're related to the, you know, the previous owners of um, Church and State. and. Uh-huh. Um, second chapter and they're i think they're going to be doing some great things the inside looks as great as the outside and uh it's all very thank and new and and bright and um very much glass like a lot of glass it's it's absolutely Mm. beautiful so i think the tasting will be 
a pretty uh, great new place to visit this summer. Yeah, I, I wonder yeah. what your take is. I mean, I, I looked at the new uh, report, the new crop report about vineyards and wineries. There's just under 300 wineries now in BC. Is the, do we have enough? Or you've come from California. How how many wineries could could we have, or should we have? Well, I mean, I always keep thinking it's you know we're going to plateau and it won't go up again. But I mean, uh, right now we're definitely going to be running into a shortage of grapes. I mean, we're already there, and we're not going to be running into it. We're already at it right now. But, you know, that kind of changes as well. New areas get planted. Um, You know, a lot of the new wineries that are coming online are quite small. So, I mean, there's room for a lot more as long as vineyard land keeps getting um, planted in, you know, uh, places other than just just the Okanagan Valley. And how many wineries are there in the Okanagan Valley? I don't know. I think, you know, my understanding is about half or so are are in the Okanagan of the 300. Um, mm-hmm. But it's such a, it's a number that's just constantly moving. For example, I've, there's probably another 50 wineries right now that haven't opened that have their licenses. Mm. You know, and, and then of course there's also wineries that are, you know, changing hands and some are shutting down, some are, um, get, you know, some wineries are buying other wineries. So, it's a it's a pretty interesting time right now of flux, I would say. A lot of people are worried about that, uh, but from my point of view, uh, obviously some big wineries are buying other wineries, but with so many other small wineries opening up, I, I don't know. I think that we'll still have the diversity that we want, uh, you know, in different sizes, different scopes, uh, that sort of thing. I don't think it's a big worry. I don't either. I think, you know, the large wineries that have purchased uh, you know, other wineries are always going to be there. That happens in every, you know, in every place around the world. But, you know, we're also starting to see some of those medium to, you know, higher small, you know, like let's say medium-sized wineries by other small wineries. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in one sense, if they have a good plan in place, you'd hope that that would, um, you know, they'd be able to up their game when they do things like that. And then, you know, there's always room for more. It's just a matter of, like, as long as BC consumers are loyal to BC wines, then, you know, there's always going to be a need for people to explore new places, I think. So mm-hmm. I, I, it doesn't really worry me either. I was worried a bit when we crossed the 100 mark quite a few years ago, and <laughs> now that we're crossing the 300, it just doesn't seem to matter. Yeah. To me as you- much, so, yeah. You've got uh, actually. You have a new job that that I hear, or you're becoming an inspector uh, and working with the uh, the sustainability folks. How do, how does that work? Well, yeah, I'm an auditor. My husband is as well. We're one of I think six auditors. But the Sustainable Wine Growing Wine Growing of BC is a program that was started. Well, to be frank with you, probably started more than 15 years ago because I sat on that committee for many, many years, and it had quite a few stop and starts, some of it due to funding, some of it due to, you know, finding the right person to lead it. But, you know, now um, they've moved from it being a self-assessment into being a certification and with a third-party auditor. And um, I love being able to do it because I have a great background in winemaking and grape growing, and, and now, and I've always loved the sustainable side of things. So now I can go... Um, you know, and into either wineries or vineyards and see the new things that they're doing and, you know, whether or not they've passed um, the audit, obviously. But, um, mm-hmm. 
you know, most of the people that are, you know, calling you out have, have, you know, they feel they've already passed and you're there basically to make sure they've done it right. And, you know, so it's getting me out to see, you know, um, very small vineyards, you know, as small as like seven acres recently. We did an audit at as as well as um, larger wineries are probably going to be starting to do it as well. So I think it's, it's a great um, step forward now that it's certified. And Sandra, speaking of doing it right, let's talk about the new sub-appellation to be and maybe describe to our listeners what a sub-appellation is. <laughs> sure. An, an appellation is just a growing region, so that would be something like as big as British Columbia or, or the Okanagan Valley. And then when you start carving a place like the Okanagan Valley or let's say Vancouver Island up into smaller sub-regions, those are your, your sub-GIs or sub-geographical indications. So those started years ago with the Golden Mile Bench, and I think now there's upwards of seven or, you know, I've lost count a yeah. little bit, but I, I believe there's around six or seven now that have been approved. That final step of getting a sub-appellation is for the provincial government to um, vote on it and actually put it into the BC Wine Act. So that part hasn't happened yet with the newest one, but they've definitely done the work um, and the wine authority who's in charge of looking over their application has approved them already. And, and that would be Lake Country up, um, you know, north of Kelowna. And it's, it's a pretty neat um, sub-appellation. I would say it's quite large. It's the entire um, west side of uh, the mountain range mm-hmm. that's up there overlooking um, Lake Okanagan. So, you know, some of the, um, you know, the older wineries that would be there, like, for example, Grey Monk would be a part of that, but also places like Overwork Cellars or Intrigue Wines are part of it yeah. as well. And, 50th parallel. And, you know, it is it's quite unique. The guy who did the, who does a lot of the soil science for this was, um, you know, he's kind of blown away by how um, versatile that area is with respect to growing. Like, you start to think that as you go more north, you, um, you know, you're, you're limiting yourself, but you're not actually, I mean, there are these great um, microclimates and mesoclimates in BC that that support grape growing um, and and varieties that you never thought you could grow there, which yeah. is pretty neat. Yeah. So I'm excited for those guys. They worked for about a year on it, and um, now it's just waiting for the uh, the provincial government to give it stamp. So when they you know go back to work and start working in Victoria and get to work, we'd like to see that done. <laughs> yeah. You know, like all uh, the wineries up, right? Yeah. Sandra Ofield. We've been talking with Sandra Ofield. Great to catch up with you, Sandra. And I, I, I just, I can't wait for Lake Country. I can't I can't wait for East Kelowna and all the rest of them. I mean, we have Golden Mile Bench now, and I love it. I pick up a bottle of wine. I see that sub-GI, and then I, you know, I can make an assessment of the wine. It just makes so much more sense. It's so much easier for me as a consumer to understand the wine when I know where it comes from. So, Good on you for yeah. getting that going and uh, now for uh, making sure that it moves ahead. Uh, thanks yeah, for joining I us today. It's a, great, it's a great move. Yeah, yeah thanks I, so much for calling. We can't wait to get up there. We're going to be in the Okanagan. I think we have 30 different shows planned in uh, BC wineries over the next two months, so we're going to be busy. Uh, and we'll sure. say hello when we come through. I hope so. I'll see you when you're out here. Thanks, right Sandra. On. Thanks, Sandra. Safe travels. Bye-bye. Yep.
Sandra Ofield from Elysium Projects up in the Okanagan, of course, the former uh, winemaker GM and uh, chief cook and bottle washer down at Tinhorn Creek uh, for a long time with her husband, Ken. Special welcome to listeners in Vancouver, Victoria, Kamloops, Kelowna, and all the South Okanagan. Just part of the 20 radio stations you can hear us on each week in British Columbia. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. We're going to take a quick break, but uh, there's plenty more coming up on the show. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. Experience award-winning wines on the covered patio at Tinhorn Creek Vineyards. The tasting room is open daily from 11 to 6. For exclusive VIP experiences, join the Crush Club and get three shipments a year to top up your cellar, 15% discounts, early access to new release wines, and admission to the Wine Club Lounge. Keep up to date with spring wine tastings and estate-only promotions on their Instagram feed. Plus, Miradoro Restaurant is now open daily for outdoor patio dining with a new spring menu. For details, visit tinhorn.com. Casual, modern dining. Exceptional Okanagan flavor. Introducing the most anticipated new eatery in the Valley. 15 Park Bistro at Watermark Beach Resort in Osuyus. Chef Nick Atkins and his team are ready to create an unforgettable dining experience for you. Utilizing fresh local ingredients. 15 Park Bistro's lakeside patio with its unmatched views of Lake Osuyus is now open. Indoor dining available as well. For reservations and more, including full takeout menu options, visit 15parkbistro.com. Bold. Award-winning. Discover Gold. Our tasting room at Gold Hill Winery is open and ready to welcome locals. We're supporting our BC wine drinkers as they support BC winemakers. Become a member of our wine club and we'll send the taste of Oliver Nasoyas right to your door with free shipping. Discover Gold. Gold Hill Winery on the beautiful Golden Mile in Oliver. Online, goldhillwinery.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest is a good friend, and he's had a long, tough grind for the last year. Sebastian Legoff, he's the VP of Service and Head Sommelier at the Cactus Club Cafe. Uh, Sebastian, I don't know what to say to you other than uh, you've been doing a great job. How are you feeling? Good morning, Tony. Hi, Casey. Hi. I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm yeah. feeling good, Tony. You know, it's been a, it's been a tough ride, uh, like everybody else in my industry. Sure. Um, but uh, we are fighting the good fight. Yeah. What, I've been asking people what, what they think they've learned about mankind in the last year. Have, have you changed your opinion of your customers? <laughs> no, I th- <laughs> For I think good for or bad? Part, <laughs> for the most part, people have, have been the same. Um, there's, I think people are a bit more uh, careful now, a bit more impatient. That's the one thing, you know. Um, yep. Definitely they want to follow the rules a lot more. So 
Uh, they ask a lot of questions. Uh, they are more. Uh, they inquire a lot more about our standards and our plans. They, mm-hmm. they want to make sure we do we do the right things. I think restaurants have always, you know, they've inherently been clean places. Will they be a different place now, or do you feel like the people are asking, but you've always done, you know, what you've been doing since the start? I think, you know, there is definitely an enhanced um, uh, scrutiny on, on cleanliness everywhere, not just in a restaurant, but, you know, in grocery stores. I see that everywhere. People using alcohol when they enter the restaurant, right yeah. now using masks, Um uh, but I think, you know, the alcohol, washing your hands prior to a meal, the, the things that our grandmother taught us, I think they are back in full swing. Uh, the restaurants are, are clean, but I think the expectations, everybody, our staff, our guests, and ourselves are really very, very high right now. So I, I think the standards have always been good, but they are just maybe a little sharper. Yeah. Sebastian, I feel safer in Cactus Club than any other restaurant in the city. Well, thank you, Casey. I've heard that from a few people, a few regulars. I think we've spent a lot of energy, a lot of time, and a lot of money uh, to create that environment. Uh, We've really brainstormed between the construction department, um, people in operation, in the kitchen, in the front of the house, to make sure we create that that environment. And um, our founder, Richard Jeffrey, has spared no expense. This is one thing where... It was like we need to make, to be best in class, and I think we've we've achieved it. Uh, if I look at my, my competitors, my friends in the industry, I feel I feel safe working in one of our cactus for a guy. Then he's, I'm working there full time, and I have a family, so I must feel safe myself. Yes, yeah. exactly. And you've had cocktails and wines to go during this episode of COVID. Which... So yeah, I mean the food was always there, but in a very small percentage of our total sales. Now, food to go is a big, big business for us. Wine to sell, uh, to go, um, used to happen, as you know, but people needed pre-pandemic to taste the wine, and then we will recall the wine, and they will take it home. Now we can actually sell a a bottle of wine for people to take home. Cocktails, uh, pre-mixed cocktail, it's it's actually a big thing in Ontario, more so so than in uh, in BC, and Alberta as well. It's pretty big in uh, pre-mixed cocktail. Mm. What about uh, uh, it moving forward? Do you think you'll do more takeout business or will it slide back? Or how, how do you see the way consumers will interact with restaurants now and takeout? Well, I really feel people are going to still use takeout. This is um, some habit they've been, a new habit for some people to get food delivered or pick up on the way from from work or from home, whatever. So this is here to stay. But I don't think it's going to be as big as it was, let's say, eight months yeah. ago. But I think it's going to be a huge, huge percentage of our business moving forward. I think yeah. it depends on the mood you're in. If you want to like maybe dress up, meet people, go out. Have <laughs> do I ever? <laughs> and, yeah, uh, Tony's you, favorite thing just, to do. And if you uh, want to watch hockey at home and um, yeah. maybe you store the food to be delivered. Any, anything but the Canadians. Hey, our guest is Sebastian Legoff. He's the VP of uh, Service and Head Som over at the Cactus Club Cafe. So not not everything works with takeout. There's you're better with more rustic dishes, would you say? Yeah, some, some food. I mean, traditionally, pizza is an amazing um, an amazing product that travels very well, uh, and we do very well at Village Tapas in West Vancouver uh, with this product. But uh, you know, pasta doesn't travel as much. All my friends who have Italian restaurants, they're like, yeah, pasta doesn't travel. It sticks together. The sauce yes. is not great. Difficult yeah. to reheat. I think the key is to have really good instruction to reheat the food uh, once it arrives home because 
I mean, if you get delivered in the middle of January, it's not going to be warm by the time it gets home. It needs to be back to the oven or a microwave. Oven is better, though. Yes, and it's amazing that we've been eating outside all winter. Uh, Casey, I cannot tell you. This is a funny thing to me. Um, people in Alberta, Ontario, as soon as there is a bit of sun, they go on the patio. People in BC really wait till like <laughs> June. June. Now everybody in BC is happy to be on the patio in the middle of February. <laughs> it's raining. It doesn't matter. They bring yeah. their. It's like being in a ski resort. Everybody bring their ski outfit and then eat outside. And a yeah. blanket. Yes, blankets yeah. and heaters. And heaters. It's been fun actually. You're yes, pretty famous. You're pretty famous for your wine program, Sebastian. Will it will it change, or has it changed, or how how will you interact with wineries? I know, obviously, the international folks have been away, so which probably isn't a big deal for you because you know them so well. But I'm just wondering about younger people and what they've missed in a year, and and how maybe the wine list will will evolve coming out of COVID. Well, the, in the past year, the guests have been really demanding more local wines. So mm-hmm. we've seen the increase in sales of uh, BC wineries. It's been actually uh, quite significant. As far as the international wines, you know, people have been adapting very well and sending like small samples in little tiny bottles. I'm sure you received some on your desk. Uh, you do Zoom calls and Google Hangouts with those wineries. Yeah. And actually, you can speak to the people who are making the wine or working in the vineyard and really learn more during the session. Uh, it's less social, it's less interactive and catching up with friends. But as far as learning uh, for the for the up-and-coming summer year, there is so many opportunities, so many t- great tasting that have been thrown by agencies. I think it's yeah. fantastic. What about the people that have worked for you? I know that you know other people saying, well, we've lost a lot of people. Will they come back or do you see a big turnover, an opportunity for people who want to get into the restaurant business perhaps? I think this is an industry that is going to hire a lot in uh, in BC in the next uh, uh, six months for sure. And if you look at uh, my colleagues in the UK or France, they've had a hard time retaining people, especially in the back of the house. A lot of people mm-hmm. have changed career, uh, get something else that is open all year round, doesn't get shut down by um, a health order. So people have been changing uh, career. But I think, you know, we, we live in a very special place, the cruise ship. The, the ocean, the mountains. We have a lot of tourists here, and I think uh, this industry is going to keep growing. Sebastian, uh, it's been fantastic just to catch up with you. I can't wait till we can actually do it in person. I think that's going to happen pretty quickly, uh, inside or out, which will be delight, and uh, to get back to some normalcy will be great too. And uh, congratulations, you have an addition in your family, so your life has been very full. It has been, yes. Uh, <laughs> my family, a little baby girl was born two weeks ago. Fantastic, man! How is she with the wine right now? Have you got her opening anything yet, or? Well, she's a bit messy when she decants, <laughs> but uh, we're practicing the skills. She'll be she'll be there very soon. <laughs> right on! Congratulations Thanks, uh, from all of us at BC Food and Wine. Thank you very much, Casey. Thanks, Tony, and I hope to see you soon at the cactus on the patio yep. with a nice glass of rosé. You bet. Sebastian Legoff, VP Service and Head Som over at the Cactus Club Cafe. Uh, of course, he's working across the country, as uh, most talented British Columbians are in the wine business. They get all the big jobs now because they know what's going on. Thanks for all the reach-outs we get each week from listeners to our podcasts in cities around the globe. We most certainly have a worldwide audience, and we thank you. Hear us weekly on SoundCloud or Google Podcasts. We're BC Food and Wine Radio.
We'll take a quick break. Plenty more coming up. We still have another session to go. We're going to talk to David Hawksworth. He's having a big anniversary down at Hawksworth Restaurant in Vancouver, so we'll catch up with him right after these messages. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. In days of yore, thirsty travelers carry their wine in traditional Spanish wineskins known as bodas. And from that ancient tradition comes a 21st century inspiration. Introducing Boda, highly approachable, fruit-forward wines in 100% recyclable containers. With Boda Box, there's no light, no air. Boda Box keeps the elements out and the wine fresh for up to 30 days after opening. For convenience, you can take anywhere, anytime, even at home. Boda Box, this is how we Boda. Find out more at BodaBox.com. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, B.C., We're offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We want to make getting your favorite Hillside wines easy. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. Come celebrate 10 seasons with the Wine Experience Centre team at Black Hills Estate Winery. Enjoy our new releases while basking on the sunny Vineyard Terrace or become a wine club member and enjoy a wine experience in one of our private cabanas while discovering the 2019 Nota Bene. Can't make it to the Okanagan this summer? You can also join us from the comfort of your own home with one of our virtual wine tasting sets. For more information, follow us on Instagram or to reserve a tasting, visit blackhillswinery.com. Red Rooster Winery invites you on a sensory journey from grape to glass. Savor the sweeping vineyard, lake, and mountain views from their estate on the Naramata Bench. This month, Red Rooster is featuring their award-winning and estate-grown Reserve Malbec, the perfect bold red to complement any occasion. Seated tastings are offered Thursday through Monday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. this spring. Come for the views, stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info. Overlooking a beautiful 12-acre vineyard in the heart of the Cowichan Valley, the Unsworth Restaurant welcomes you to get away from it all. Enjoy a delectable menu and award-winning wines in our dining room or outdoor patio. Unsworth Restaurant, vineyard dining where casual meets elegant. You can find Unsworth wines across BC. Look for us at your local liquor store. Visit unsworthvineyards.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. You give me Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest is an old friend, David Hawksworth. Of course, Hawksworth Restaurant, uh, the pinnacle of dining in uh, Vancouver. Uh, I don't think anybody's had a tougher year than you, David. Uh, welcome back, and I, I hope this restart is going to be the, the 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 true restart. I'm sure you do too. Yeah, I, we have. Uh, there's just that you know light at the end of the tunnel. It just gets brighter every uh, every day, and I think we're uh, we're on the path to uh, to figuring out what the new normal is. Uh, well, I've been asking people. I know staffing. They talk about people have left the business in that. How how have you seen it with your with your folks uh, come and go, or what are you facing now in terms of staffing? Yeah, I mean, uh, 
it's a global thing. Uh, you know, I, I, I talk to people kind of around the world about it. And, uh, you know, we, we've had a bunch of people. I mean, we, when this whole thing started off, we had 350 staff. And then, uh, then we got down to 120. Um, wow. So we've been working our way through that. And then uh, as we're starting to come back online, just, you know, some people left uh, the industry. Uh, some people have found a job somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. And and so it's um, some people have just like disappeared. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's <laughs> did interesting. You, did you ever think about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I tried. I did honestly thought about like you know taco stand maybe in South America somewhere would be you know, <laughs> on a beach. Oh my God, that sounds so wonderful. But um, okay, yeah. but you are you're opening back up. Well, actually, uh, you were open anyways for quite a bit of it. But uh, so how are, how are the guests? Are they behaving themselves, or what, what? What do we need to know as we move back into dining? What would you? What what's the thing we should be thinking about? I mean, it's so nice to see people, first off, like to see people back in the restaurant, enjoying themselves, yep. staff communicating with everybody. And that whole interaction, it just sort of like takes just the, the, the it takes the stress away when you just watch that happen. Right. And it, yeah. it's just so nice to see, uh, you know, Nightingale and Hawksworth are being uh, uh, very busy since the get go and which is fantastic. But we we are seeing some people, you know, on the. Uh, you know the Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights that uh, canceling last minute, not showing up. That boggles the mind. Like you know, if what how people can still do that. Uh, I mean, just please, you know, <laughs> uh, you know come or don't come hours in advance, or uh, yeah. or just show up. That would be great. So, yeah, you're very yeah, polite. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's tricky when you have it. You know, when restaurants have small dining rooms. And and we only have half the seats of what we had, so every becomes everything becomes very hypersensitive at, at that point when you, yeah. you you really need that table to show up. Um, you know the the waiters are all of our staff are relying on everybody to come to the restaurant where you made a reservation. So um, yeah, our guest is David Hawksworth, uh, and he's about to celebrate his tenth anniversary. Casey, boy, what timing you've got, David! <laughs> yeah. You would have had a packed so, restaurant. No, you may still. Yeah. You never know. <clears throat> yeah, it, I, it's 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 very busy. Uh, so, you know, which is great. You know, we would have yes, definitely had a huge party, and uh, you know, basically close the place down and, and and just had a big party. But we'll have to get back to that maybe in uh, a few years. And uh, but what we did instead is uh, you know this uh, you know on Saturday we've got this uh, anniversary dinner, so it's. Uh, I've got the tenors doing something in front of my Matt Johnson, uh, Jane Stanton, who's a, a comedian, and then just lots of messages from um, all over, from Kevin Bieksa, who's going to roast me a little bit, uh, to uh, Michelle Jacob, who I love dearly, who's uh, uh, my mentor, and um, and uh, and uh, Chad Clark, who used to work here, and Christian, just lots of old familiar faces, and uh, yeah, uh, it's really heartwarming to to go through it. It's tragic that we can't have the big party and have everybody here in person, but we'll just Yeah, you're going to do it. You're, so you're going to do it virtually. People in Vancouver have until Friday. They can check it out at hawksworthrestaurant.com, uh, uh, and you can actually uh, sign up, get the food sent out to you, and then watch David uh, or cook along with David, I guess, and watch the guests. So yeah. that's something that, that can be done. 
but we hope people are going to get back into the restaurants soon. Uh, when I when I think about your menu from ten years ago, what what are you thinking about today? How big is that change being? Because you're famous for a lot of standards that never seem to go away or just evolve slowly. Yeah, uh, yeah, I um, I, I think we've come back a little. Uh, people like their 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 comfort, their their familiar things. It's it's getting the consistency. That's what we kind of like want to be known for is being a very yeah. consistent, very good restaurant. And, um, uh, you know, we, we've, uh, it's been very tricky to, to navigate kind of what's going to work, work in a DoorDash situation versus sitting on the patio versus now sitting in the dining room. So it's, it's forever changing because, you know, like, uh, what we do at Hawksworth, you know, like we do it like a tasting style thing that doesn't, that doesn't really correlate into, uh, uh, yeah, a DoorDash menu, yeah. yeah. No, so. but you are doing a takeout menu, and how did you decide on the dishes that you were going to do? And there's a lot of stress involved in that. <laughs> well, that's what we thrive off of it, that challenge, right? We we like, uh, um, you know, to do some uh, some things that sort of uh, make it a little edgy. Uh, so, you know, th- this menu, I um, it, it's kind of, you know, I love. The, the the little canapé that we're going to do, the starters, a little potato bellini. Uh, it's got a, some nice smoked salmon, a little creme fraiche, and that's just one of my favorite things, that warm bellini. And then the smoked salmon, like, like the cold creme fraiche, that whole combination, um, and a little squeeze of lemon, is uh, you can't really top that. It's, um, it's mouth-watering. I'm salivating right now. So, mm. uh, And then uh, uh, I'm a big fan of pasta, and so it's kind of fun to – um, you know, to show people how to make a agnolotti, uh, and then um, uh, that's coming with a, like a nice tomato sauce um, that's already made uh, for them, um, and then some shaved parmesan, some zucchini. It's going to that'll be fantastic, and it's just a nice kind of light yet filling starter. Uh, yep. And then one of my favorites is from our coast is sablefish. Everybody, you know, it's, uh, but this is one of we've done. For quite a while and it's uh you know a marinated sable fish and we've got a, a bacon dashi broth lots of vegetables really light but that kind of um uh yeah it's not going to put you to sleep so it's uh, it's in it's full of fa- flavor lots of that unami um you know things going on yeah hard to, just, hard to screw up sable fish too <laughs> exactly exactly it's excellent and, uh, I, I need all the help i can get sometimes so yeah. um, <laughs> Yeah, it uh, well, it's great to talk to you. And for the folks who we've just been talking about this virtual dinner that you'll be able to uh, to get from Hawksworth, so check it out at hawksworthrestaurant.com and uh, get involved on uh, get yourself entertained at home. Uh, watch David cook a little bit, cook yourself, and uh, get your friends in and have a lot of fun and celebrate the tenth anniversary at Hawksworth. Uh, and then we're going to all get down to Hawksworth in the next month or two and uh, st- start uh, start it all over again, David. What? Why not? Yeah, well, on July first, we're we're starting like is a we're a big fan of uh, you know champagne, sparkling wines, and so we're we're doing yep. a you know a nicely discounted selection for all of July. You should come in and try our uh, Fitzpatrick collaboration. We've done a right uh, sparkling uh, wine with them, and I, I I I'm pretty picky about that kind of stuff. I think you are too, uh, 
uh, yep. Casey and Tony. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's a fantastic that we don't have a lot of time, it's but that's so a fantastic good. wine. That H wine from uh, Fitzpatrick that you guys put together. So yeah, people should check it out. Uh, we'll definitely be in after July first. You can count on that, David. And uh, thanks for joining us today on the best of food and wine. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thanks so much, David Hawksworth. Uh, we have to get out of here, Casey. Uh, you got to pack your bags. I do. Uh, we are going on uh, quite a road journey in the next few days. Uh, we're going to be talking to 30 different BC wineries over the next month. Uh, and uh, so we can't wait to get out there and get going and uh, broadcast some new news to you about what's going on in the business. But for now, I'm wishing you all a fantastic weekend. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And we'll see you next week. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.